0: Well, we're talking about the year of triumph and turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. Over in 2 Corinthians 2.14, the scripture says from the ESV, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. I just can't get enough of that verse because it reminds us that He always leads us in triumph. No matter what's going on, your ultimate destination, your ultimate journey takes you to a place called triumph. Romans 8, uh, Scripture in Romans 8 has always meant a lot to me. The Bible says, knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Raise your hand if you believe He loved you. Well, then you qualify as a conqueror and more than a conqueror. Now remember, to triumph is to gain the mastery and victory after a serious conflict, battle, or test. You can't triumph unless there is something to triumph over. That means we're all qualified for that. What God wants to do this year is He wants to put you on display with overwhelming triumph for all the world to see. He wants to make you a distinction. And you know, no matter how big the test or opposition, no matter what the enemy does to steal, kill, and destroy, when God turns that around, isn't it amazing how you get to shout that out and God gets glory for it? And some of you have been pelted pretty good. I mean, you know, the devil, though, did his best, but his best did not good enough. And at the end of the day, this begins something to give God glory and honor over when God turns that thing around. And that's what this is all about. Now, I believe there is, and I'll say this every single message. I believe there's a special anointing on God's people this year to triumph over the devil. Amen? Yeah. And to understand how he operates and what he does in his nature and what he has and hasn't in his possession, what he can and he cannot do. Listen to this scripture in Colossians 2:15. The Bible says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. That's what your God has done with the devil. He is disarmed. Now what does that mean? It means that he is completely bankrupt when it comes to real force power and supernatural ability against the believer. Say believer. If you didn't think there was a good reason to be saved, understand this, if you're not in Christ you are still subject to whatever power he still has. But towards the believer, he does not have that force. In fact, when the Bible talks about temptation, he talks about the devil being able to tempt us with things that are common to man, natural. But when you understand this, he's disarmed towards you. That doesn't mean he went into a hole somewhere and waited till this thing blew over. He is active against the child of God. In fact, if you want to translate one of the best translations of Satan... The word, the concept, the name. And understand this, a lot of people are are deceived in believing that the, the devil or Satan is a personification of all the evil in the world. It's not a personification, he is a person. He's real. Do you see this? And one of the great translations is simply this, the plotter. He plotted how to take heaven down itself. In Isaiah 14 he ended up being cast out. He plotted against the Lord while He was on this earth, and He's plotting against you today with a very specific methodology. Jesus, the Bible says in uh, 1 John 3, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And I can tell you this, his work is destroyed and it will have its ultimate consummation when the Lord returns. You know one day the devil's not going to have the ability to do anything whatsoever against you or anybody else in all of creation. We're not in that day right now. In fact we're in the day when he is plotting like never before. Have you noticed that? Yeah. If he ever was the plotter he's like the plotter on steroids right now. <laughs> and you and I have to have some wisdom about this. Scripture says that Jesus Jesus triumphed over Satan and his cohorts, but we have to maintain and demonstrate that victory by overcoming his constant and incessant assault upon us with his mouth. His power is disarmed, but his mouth is fully engaged. And I have seen as a pastor The devil do more with his mouth than all the power you could array against an individual simply by telling them something and then buying into it. I've seen his mouth destroy entire cities. I've seen his mouth destroy entire families. I've seen his mouth destroy churches. I've seen his mouth destroy universities. So while he's stripped of force and supernatural ability, he still has a mouth on him. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil's, got a big mouth. the devil's got a big mouth. Come on, say it again, the devil's got a big mouth, a big mouth. and he knows how to use it. To use it. <laughs> Watch this. In 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, our what? Our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, with that imagery, you can think of him as a toothless devil, but he's not a mouthless devil. And he doesn't have the force of the bite, but he has the ability to speak. And that roar is symbolic of him speaking things consistent with his nature, consistent with John eight forty four, where he's called the father of lies. When he speaks, that's what it is. It's always a perversion of the word, of reality, of the truth. Do you see this today? And why is this important? What's well, important for you to know that we're not of his tribe. We're of the tribe of the line of the tribe of... Judah, and he has his bark and his bite. While he has no supernatural force and power, our God does, and his people have delegated authority to operate in it. So on a piece of paper, it's not the devil that's so wonderful and masterful and powerful. It's that he's mouthy. Come on, tell somebody else, he's got a big mouth. Say it again, he's got a big mouth. mouth. And how many love to stick your foot in his mouth? (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. The devil's tool is his mouth. His mouth showed up in the garden against Adam and Eve. His mouth showed up in the wilderness with Jesus. His mouth showed up at the table of the Last Supper with Judas. And I assure you, his mouth shows up in your everyday life. And you need to know how to deal with it. Because we're not being destroyed and being defeated by his raw power and his force. We're being defeated by his mouth. Watch this. We're all capable of this. So we don't cast stones. Amen. And at some degree, at some point in Christian life, you yielded to some of these devices that operate through his mouth. You know, when the Bible speaks of the power of life and death in the tongue, a lot of Christians don't believe it, but the devil does. In Matthew 16... Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? And what did Peter get? This earth shaking, <laughs> eternal revelation from God the Father Himself. You are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of the Living God. How I many? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And one paragraph later, God the Father spoke, and he heard it, and he revealed it, and he communicated it to the other disciples and to Jesus. He said, blessed are you, because what? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. The very next paragraph, we don't know how much time expired, but the very next paragraph, Jesus is talking about his suffering, his death. And Peter says this, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And what did Jesus say? He turned around and said, get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God but the things of men. It is possible for you to speak the revelation of God on Monday and quote the devil on Tuesday. Come on, say it again, it's the mouth. mouth. Say it's it's the mouth. When President Clinton ran for election against Bush, he ran around saying, it's the economy, stupid. Turn somebody and say, see, mouth, stupid. (laughs) That's just the point to say, stay focused on what? What the real issue is. And that's the real issue for us. Peter is looking like a genius one moment, and the next moment, Jesus didn't say, I rebuke you, Peter. Who do you rebuke? In other words, you and I... Prove, and Peter proves that the devil can speak directly to people and he can speak through people to people. With what? Go ahead and hold yours up. Yang, 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 <laughs> I want to just briefly point out to you how, how we are subject to this and how this plays out. Number one, we listen to what he says. The proper thing for Peter is to say, now wait a minute, I don't believe that's what God is saying at all. I believe that whatever Jesus says is going to happen, that's the way it's going to be. Well, we listen to what he says, and we need to learn to identify and expose his devices. And not next week, but when it happens. When we hear his big blab mouth, we need to do what? Move immediately. Amen. Amen. I heard Dr. Drew Pinsky talking about the coronavirus this week. By expertise, Dr. Drew is an internist. He's an internal medicine specialist, and he also is an addiction medicine specialist. And you know what his message was to the media about the coronavirus? Shut up. On live television, he told them, shut up. And I thought, I knew there was a reason I always liked that guy. Come on, shout it out. Shut up. up. But oftentimes we don't do that. Tell me a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more. I'll tell you again. All the years I've served God, it's not some cataclysmic supernatural manifestation, some kind of a scene, you know, from the Avengers where something supernatural being comes and wrecks everything. It is God's people listening to the devil and then acting on what he said. That's what does all the damage. It's the mouth that's the danger. The number two, we think about what he says. We meditate on it and think about it. We meditate on the wrong things. Going a little bit deeper. And it all started with a mouth. Number three, then we start saying what he says. Now we're agreeing with the devil instead of with God. We have to know that nothing good is going to happen in our lives agreeing with the enemy of our souls. And number four, we start doing what he says. Now we're following a false Lord, and it all started with a mouth. Look at somebody and say, watch his mouth. Watch your mouth. See, that's why I don't like to be around mouthy Christians. Because they're not emulating the Father. Moving right along, Pastor Art. That's true. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He often uses others to do this, but often he can rely on us self-destructing simply by yielding our ears to his mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Satan uses that mouth to assault believers with what I believe are at least nine different mental and verbal devices at least one of these devices is active against you as a believer at all times. When? He is consistent, he is persistent. And even with Jesus, the Bible says he left him until what? an opportune time. I'm tired of this nonsense. I want out of this nonsense. Look, there's only two ways for you to out, get out from under this pressure right now. One is to die, or two is to get raptured. But there is a third uh, you know, choice here, and that is to do what the Bible tells you to do when you're being bombarded by the mouth. Amen. I actually have said this this past week, and i just just scratching my head. I remember a time... When I was in Savannah, Georgia, we were on staff at a church there, and the first uh, president, uh, first Bush, was putting together a coalition to deal with Saddam Hussein and his invasion of Kuwait. I remember when that broke out, the extraordinary, accurate, truthful reporting from CNN. It was unbelievable. With Wolf Blitzer and, and, you know, Bernard, I can't remember his last name, Shaw, I believe it was the things they did. I mean if they said it, this is the way it was. If they had an embedded reporter, that's the way it is. And now you can't believe a thing CNN reports. Now why am I concerned about this? And it's widespread. There is no perfect demonstration of accurate reporting anymore. There's corruption involved in that entire media What's going to happen when we need them to be truth-tellers, but none of us trust them? It's literally nationally and internationally the story of the boy that cried wolf. Instead of just speaking the truth, they've lost their bearings, they've given up on their call to be truth-tellers, speaking truth and accountability. Now they try to actually bend and influence the American people. You need more discernment now than ever. And if you believe that box, then you're part of the problem. Amen? When the CEO of the company tells its reporters to intentionally not report about any success of the current president and maximize every misstep, that's no longer news. That's like the old Soviet news agency, TASS. You know what? I don't have any problem calling it out. These people are wicked, they're vindictive, and they need to go by the wayside. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. But you should know that I don't preach for claps. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> I mean, come on now. I saw this the other day. Actually, it was you know within the past several hours I actually saw it. It said, if you're accusing Trump of being a Russian agent for the third time in three years and your party is nominating a communist for president, you just might be dumber than a stump. Hello. Why does this matter? Why bring it up? Because the devil uses people to amplify his mouth. Unknowing people, ignorant people, believers that aren't walking close to God, news agencies, governments. He doesn't care as long as they will be the amplifier for that mouth. Turn to somebody and tell them, don't be the amplifier for the devil's mouth. We're being taught right now, and this really isn't the core of my message, but whatever is in my heart tends to come out. So be careful. I don't see flotillas of boats going to Cuba. I didn't see flotillas of boats moving to Vietnam when I was in high school. And I met dozens of Vietnamese kids that came over and found a new life in a free land. Have you ever noticed you can never find someone who actually lived under socialism who supports it? And yet you're being sold through the mouth in this nation right now, Bill of Goods, of how wonderful it is. A godless system is never wonderful, can never be, never will be wonderful. And I can't believe I'm saying this. If you're a Democrat, you got to vote. Dear God, at least vote for somebody like Biden. I mean, he can't remember where he was yesterday. But, dear God, don't vote for a godless, anti American socialist. Why, Why? Why? You can't say that in church. Last time I checked, I got a driver's license from Kentucky, and Kentucky is in America. <laughs> in fact, every preacher, non-preacher, school teacher, medical doctor, factory worker, amen, groundskeeper, everybody ought be shouting with their voice, don't you vote this godless thing in our nation. The louder he yells, the louder we ought to yell. Because it's huge. It's never worked. Never will work. And if you don't believe that, just take a look at what they're doing in Venezuela last week, eating pigeons. Twelve years ago, they still had somewhat of a stable system. And that's how fast this thing can go to pot when God is driven out. And man tries to do it his own way. This is far beyond politics. This is going back to the Tower of Babel. We don't need you to do this for us. We can take care of all of this. Well, Brother Art, I'm feeling the burn. Yeah, you're going to get burned all right. But I'm not going to stand back and watch this nation get burned while you forgot your seventh grade history class that for 75 years we fought this stuff in the trenches, on ships, on the beaches, to keep this from coming across to our nation, and how dare we vote it in. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My dad's Uncle Jocko was in Africa and in France and in Belgium, was in Germany, by the time he was 18, 19 years old, he saw every major theater, you know, theater of war and came back as a young man. Sat down with big vats of beer. And that's how he medicated. And we don't know to this day, do we, what he actually saw. But how in the world he survived all those theaters to live 93, 94 years old? We are not going to desecrate his memory or the greatest generation's memory by telling them what they fought for doesn't matter, it matters to me. What you hear are the gasps of an ungodly system that's being exposed in this nation. And you should pray like you never have before. Come on, scream it out. It's the mouth. mouth. Say it again. It's the mouth. We've got to make sure we know who we're listening to. Yes, amen. Glory to God. Let me give you these today so that you'll be sober, as the scripture says. Amen? Amen. Alert. Wise as to what he does. It's all through the mouth, but the devices are unique. And what he does with you today, he may not do next week. But I guarantee you, he keep probing, you know, probing and poking until he finds something that actually will work on you. One is deception. We know he's good at it. He is the deceiver in chief. Revelation 12.9 describes him as the one who deceives the whole world. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says he's able to transform himself into an angel of light. Pretty serious, isn't it? But it is his voice of deception, his mouth, where he uses partial or total distortion of the word and truth and reality. I have watched through the years that he is a master at making things look far worse than they are. And if you let that spin around your mind, you'll begin to take action in a direction that is nothing, that will bring you nothing but devastation in the future. Look at somebody and say, that mouth is deception. It's a mouth of deception. You know how we counter that? By knowing the truth. It's the truth that will set you free and keep you free. Number two is seduction. This is dangerous for the believer because seduction is basically prophetically warned by Paul. In the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now watch this. The mouth uses seduction to gradually lure away the believer from right conduct and from right believing. If it happened all at once, you'd never believe it. If we could fast forward and today you would be asked, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's vote for the purging of people that are minorities. Let's vote for the purging of people that are religious. Let's vote for the purging of intellectuals that somehow oppose our regime. Let's vote for 100,000 people being wiped out today in our country because they won't go along with the rest of the parade. If we showed it to you that way, if the devil did it that way, you'd never go for it. But how does he do it? <laughs> Gradually. I believe that we should cancel all student loan notes. And the 28-year-old who never had a decent econ or history class, that's a great idea, Bernie. No, what's a great idea is believe in God like Todd and Cassie did to get those things out. That's what a godly person would do. Amen. Don't let that mouth of seduction be so loud that you can't hear the truth of God. We are almost $24 trillion in debt in this nation. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm not talking about your debt. I'm talking about the nation's debt, the national debt. And it's just racking up. By the time I get down, it'll be several more million, obviously. (laughs) With the proposed socialism in this nation, we will add another $70 trillion in the national debt. Right now, you owe $75,000 for every man, woman, boy, and girl, baby, and most senior adult, $75,000 per American to pay that off. If you pass these socialist ideas, it will be $300,000 per person. But they don't do that. Incremental, gradual, luring you away. And that's how the devil works work in your own life. Hey, it's okay to have a serious conversation with somebody at work that's not your spouse. No harm, no foul. It's no big deal that you exchanged emails. We just text, we're just friends, no problem. That's what the mouth is telling you. See, the mouth won't show you, fast forward three, four, or five years, where your kids hate your stinking guts. And you destroyed your family and your heritage and your legacy and your witness. And all the people you hurt and destroyed on both sides of that thing. That's right. They'll just show you, hey, it's just texting. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching now, all the stares I'm getting right now, but <laughs> amen. You know what, yeah. I'm, that is a pretty good preacher. Yes, it is. Amen. Abstain right. from even the appearance of evil is the word, right. but the mouth says it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It is a big deal. Hallelujah. Save those conversations for the one that you have a covenant with. Amen. 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 I know I'm heading in the right direction of Michael's over there. Amen. I mean, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. (laughs) We're in the latter days. For sure. Aren't we, church? Number three is persecution. The mouth will inspire others to attack you, belittle you, assault you, to push you back, to keep you off the Word of God. All those who live a godly life in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, will be persecuted. That's what this is for. Some of you have people that have, you know, persecuted you. You don't have a clue why. This is what's going on. You're nice of people at work. Why do they hate you so much? Because you're of a different kind. You have a different spirit. So the mouth will use people to come at you to get you to back away from the Word of God. What's the point of serving God? Look at all this stuff. What you ought to say is, look at all this stuff. I must be doing something right. Yes, amen. Fourth is temptation. It's the mouth encouraging you and enticing you to violate the law of God in some area, to deviate from the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 10 13 tells us he's the tempter, but God will with that temptation provide what for you? A way what? A way of escape. Yes, amen. Five is oppression. It's the application of mental pressure in various forms through verbal assault. The mouth knows how to talk us under pressure. You'll never get out of this. You'll never pay that bill. You'll never solve that problem. You'll never have a life again. No one will ever love you again. You're worthless. You're this. You're that. Whatever. We need to learn to do what Drew Pinsky did and just say, "Shut up." (laughs) Paul talked about being under pressure in two Corinthians four and two Corinthians one. The spirit and they said even unto life the pressure that mounted on them, pushing down. That means steady weight or force, and he's doing it with his mouth. Raise your hand if you know what force is like. You've been through this this past year. Come on, raise it up high. You know what it's like for him to keep hammering and hammering. You're going under. There's no rescue for you. There's no victory for you. There's no solution for you. Well, remember, the devil's a liar. And if he tells you you're going under, that automatically means you're going over because he's a liar. Six is alienation. The mouth inspires isolation of believers. He inspires rejection and people turning their backs on you. I don't care who they are, what reason they say. Every Christian who isolates himself or herself is under the influence of the mouth through the device of alienation. Every one of them. Why? To alienate you, to cut you off. You're better together. Come on, shout this out with me. The banana that gets separated from the bunch is the one that gets peeled. Deep theology coming from this here the today. Deep. Deep calls to deep. (laughs) You see this all the time. The devil doesn't care what he says, what it takes to isolate you He will say anything, any lie, under any circumstance to get you to do what He wants you to do. And we believe it. We're born again, spirit-filled people, word of faith people, we've got the Holy Ghost, we've been trained well, we should have discernment, and yet the devil lies, the mouth comes to us and allows us to be alienated and separated from our God-called place. Amen. Nah, just say it though. But don't wait until he's been hitting you for five months to start taking action. Number seven is intimidation. That is the instilling of fear and anxiety because when you step into fear, you step out of faith. Scripture tells us we don't have a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and love and a sound mind. That's who we are over 365 times. And the Bible says what? Fear not. Why? Because he knew it would be an issue. He knew that mouth would try to get to you. Then in fear, you back away from what God has assigned you to be and to do. A lot of people believe that Jonah, you know, ran because, you know, he, he, he knew that God was going to relent. Let me tell you something. If you knew how the Assyrians treated their captives. you'd say he was plain afraid of these people. And that's what the devil wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.8, Paul told the Philippians, in no way be alarmed by your opposition. Say it with me. No alarm, no alarm here. Come on, say it again. No alarm here. No alarm here. That was number seven. Are you still counting? Because yes. counting's not one of my uh, spiritual gifts. <laughs> Shout out. The mouth uses deception, seduction, persecution, temptation, oppression, alienation, intimidation. And number eight. You know he does this uh, accusation. I want to see all the hands of anyone in this building that has ever sinned. Congratulations, you're qualified for the grace of God. Now, not a gambling man don't have to be. To make this statement, I guarantee you at some point in time the devil has thrown up to you what you have done that you have already repented of and confessed and placed under the blood. Listen to me carefully. The devil doesn't care if you put it under the blood. That means nothing to him. You confess and repent, that does nothing to stop his mouth. So whether it was yesterday, 10 years ago, 40 years ago, what you did or didn't do, because sometimes we sin by doing, sometimes we sin by not doing, he will try to bring it up. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. Come on, say it with me. We are the brethren. So who's he accusing? And he is consistent day by day, night and day. Week by week, he'll bring it back up again. And if you're not careful, you'll allow that to get into your spirit and you'll implode internally. Great theological debates and wars have been conducted over what Paul's thorn was. I'll meet people who have a sickness and they'll say, that's my thorn like Paul. And yet the Bible says that specifically Paul's thorn was a messenger of the devil. It was a spirit, not a physical situation. Now, I'm not saying that he may not have had physical issues in his life. That's beside the point. I'm talking about the thorn. And I believe what that thorn was, the mouth constantly bringing back up to his remembrance what he did to people like Stephen and others while he was persecuting the church. And that's why he needed that grace all the more. The devil doesn't care if Paul's sins under the blood. The devil doesn't care if your sin is under the blood. You need to care enough to speak back when he tries to accuse you. Come on, shout it out. I am forgiven. forgiven. Come on, I am forgiven. I am free. free. What's in the past past. is over. over. Do you know what the difference is between the Old Testament system of animal sacrifice and atonement and what Jesus did on the cross? The animal sacrifice covered their sin to protect them from an automatic destruction because of the sin. The blood of Jesus did not cover merely your sin. It obliterated your sin. There is no record of what you did. There is no record of your bad choice and your violence, you know, and your lousy attitude and your failures. There is no record in heaven. So why would we let old Big Mouth bring it up? <laughs> Come on, say it. My record's expunged. My record's expunged. Now, I granted some. Y'all have longer records than others. But in Paul's mindset, he's the worst of us. You have to realize, old mouth is not going to stop. He wants you down, depressed, discouraged, not walking in authority and boldness for God. He wants you to be mealy-mouthed and weak, intimidated, and that's not what God has called you to be. He said, "The righteous are as bold as what?" A lion. A lion. Look at somebody and go meow. Come on, say it again. Say meow. That's not what you're supposed to be. That's right. Amen. <laughs> you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Yeah. So the next time mouth brings it up, here's what you do. You all lean in, okay? You don't miss this. <laughs> I'm not doing it until you lean in. Oh <laughs> next time he does this, you say, devil, I got a word for you. I'm forgiven, but you're not. So take there, mouthy. Mm-hmm. It's so good to be forgiven. I said it's so good to be forgiven. It's so wonderful what he did for us. Let's not let big mouth talk us out of it. Last one is very serious and diabolical. It's called rationalization. Big Mouth operates through rationalization. He tells you what you're doing is okay. He tells you that you're justified in being bitter. Big Mouth says, I'd be angry too. Big Mouth says, you know what? I'd be offended if that happened to me. Old Big Mouth will tell you, look, you don't have to forgive, you don't have to release, you don't have to walk forward, you don't have to walk pure and clean in a dirty world, doesn't matter. Big mouth will help you rationalize everything away. You know God's anointing is God super added to our natural? The devil will help you with his two cents to rationalize anything you want to. We shouldn't be looking for ways to pacify the flesh, we should be looking for ways to crucify the flesh. But through rationalization, we will. The scripture says, even in 2 Corinthians 2, anyone who for, you forgive, I also forgive what I have forgiven. If there's anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware or ignorant of his schemes. Huh? That's right. Say it with me. We're not ignorant, We're not ignorant. Of, his of his schemes. Well, I'll say this. You're less ignorant about some of them now He's a big mouth. Say it again, big mouth. mouth. Uses deception deception and seduction and and persecution and and temptation and oppression and alienation and intimidation and and accusation and accusation and 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 rationalization to do what? To neutralize you in the day that you live in. To take you out. Speaking of intimidation, I've had people come to me and say, you know what, the devil's trying to manifest in their business, in their house, weird noises and sounds and things that you're seeing, and and -and so-and-so put a hex on me, or so-and-so tried to curse me, blah, blah, blah. Can I tell you something? If the devil can't curse you, no human being can curse you. Now watch this. In fact, I feel impressed to do it. If you've been told by somebody, you, but you've had a hex on you, somebody cursed you, I want you to stand right now. I don't want you to hesitate. Just stand right now. If somebody said those words to you as you have been a believer, God wants you to go free today. Amen. Amen. I'm going to wait just a couple seconds here, and I know that you're here. Somebody, somebody said something, they cursed you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Amen. She's going to get all the anointing. Anybody else real quickly? Now watch this. Curse directed at a covenant child of God can be sent back to the sender who is not protected from that curse. Amen. Amen. Amen? Stretch your hands out towards these if you see them. In the name of Jesus, we break the power of those words of big mouth that were spoken through some other vessel. And in Jesus' name we just command that curse to fall to the ground and to die and to return from whence it came in Jesus' name. Everything spoken against their lies we take authority over in your name. And we thank you Lord. They are free of that thing and not intimidated by that thing in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, shout it out. I release you, I release you, from, from, you. Those from those words in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. You You, you mean you tell me that you, that I have the authority to do that? Oh yes, you're a child of God. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And as far as things that go bump in the night and weird aberrations and nonsense, you're a child of God. Just say, big mouth, get out of my house. Come on, let's try it. Big Big mouth, get out of my house. The devil used to manifest to Martin Luther. The devil had a huge stake in keeping that man quiet. Had Luther not walked with God, you and I would not know what it is to walk by faith. We would not understand justification by faith. We stand on the shoulders of others. He'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be the devil just rocking in a chair trying to intimidate him. You know what Luther would say? Oh, it's just you. And he'd roll over and go back to bed. How much power does the devil have over you to harm you? None. How much power do you have over the devil? A lot. What power does the devil have? Mouth power. What power do you have? To reject it. And resist it. Amen. I think this, this whole debate going on in this nation is kind of funny. Every once in a while I run across something that just really makes me laugh out loud, hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, this guy was responding to a to a thread about this debate about democracy and socialism and the future of this nation. And he said, you know, he said, uh, my dad used to have me milk the cow on our ranch. And I'd go to milking the cow and, and then... Uh, You know, cat be watching this, and so I kind of just squirt some in the cat's mouth. (laughs) And he said the cats would show up again, you know, and I just kind of squirt. And he he noticed, you know, originally these these cats were great at hunting down and killing all the the mice in the barn. But all of a sudden they stopped going after mice and they just show up waiting for that squirt. He said, My dad called those Democrat cats. (laughs) <laughs> oh, don't get offended because Republicans have become Democrats and Democrats have become socialists right in front of our eyes. But he said, he said productivity by the cats went down to nothing. And that's the way it is. The lies that are out there, the rationalization. You know, I got to I got a little bit of crick in my back. You know what? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and try to get disability. I got a need that's out of place. Can I tell you something? Disability is for those that really need it because if you take it, you're a thief. Why is socialism wrong? If you don't work, you don't eat. And Paul said you work so that you can have something to give to somebody else, a, a giving heart, an open hand, as Todd said. But you'll rationalize this. Can I tell you something? My wife is keeping my grandbaby. Most of the week, that baby's not getting any lighter. (laughs) And she's teaching for three schools online. With all the the situations she's dealt with, she could get it. But doesn't. Don't get it if you don't really need it. So that those that do really need it can have it. That's how Christianity intersects the present temperature in this nation. Amen. Come on, say it with me. My big problem problem is is the devil's mouth. The mouth uses deception. Seduction, seduction persecution, persecution temptation, temptation oppression, oppression alienation intimidation, intimidation, intimidation accusation intimidation, and rationalization. rationalization when you see these things coming at your mind you know they're not coming from god and they may come through a believer who is com- compromising they may come through a worldly person may come through a media outlet may come through a political party, may come through a relative, may come through a co-worker. I don't care how it comes. Be aware of how the mouth operates. Amen.